It's January 29th, 2020, and I am going through yet another transition. If you try and tell me you didn't see that coming, I'll call you a liar, but not really. Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I'm your host, Sayward Bieler, writer for women, podcaster, and MFA student. I'm also, like many of you, in a state of transition or flux, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say instability because I feel like the writing life is a constant evolution of thoughts and projects and all of these different things that we want to do that include writing in some way or another, like teaching and editing and branching out into all different sorts of things that involve the writing world. So I don't like to say that we're wishy-washy or that I'm (laughs) wishy-washy, even though sometimes I feel like it. I don't like to say I'm wishy-washy. I just think that this is a period of time, you know, before you get a traditional contract, before you're hyper-focused on branding, you have this point in time where there is a luxury almost that you can experiment with different things that you'd like to do in the writing community. And that's kind of where I've been. I've, I've considered editing, professional critiquing. I talked last year about releasing a magazine. So last year, I thought I had my 2020 kind of planned out. I was going to release, I was going to launch my literary magazine in the spring, and I started offering editing services. And now, even though I am still doing line editing services or professional critiques, it's not really something that I'm focusing on because what I realized in planning all of these things, the magazine, the editing and critiquing services, querying my novel, releasing a novella, and then eventually writing. What I've realized is that writing was coming last in everything. And what I've always wanted to do since I was 12 years old is write. And it just seems like with all of these things, writing is going further and further back. And if I'm not writing, I'm not a writer, and therefore, what am I doing with all these other things? So, what I'm realizing is these goals that I that I set last year aren't really achievable, at least not in 2020. You know, maybe I'll do, maybe they're achievable in the coming years, especially after I have a couple of books under my belt and maybe get a a few more stories published in magazines, maybe win a prize. That would be super. (laughs) I worry that it makes me seem a little bit like a flake, but what I said before, I really truly mean. I'm at this point, and I say this often to people, I feel pretty lucky right now. I feel, you know, it really sucks that I'm not being published right now, but I'm at this point where I can really experiment with my work. I can experiment with the things that I like to do in the in the writing world and in the writing community. So it makes sense then that someone like me And I know that there are a lot of people like me in the writing world, but it makes sense that someone like me would get these ideas of, oh yeah, I'd really like to do that and kind of try to run with them for a little bit. And it's at the detriment of the main goal, which is to be a writer. Now, there are plenty of writers out there who are doing everything. They're editing, they're critiquing, they're writing 
10,000 words a week or every two weeks, and that's fantastic. But I know my limitations at this point. (laughs) So I understand that for me, my main focus needs to be drawn back in and really needs to be put on the work because I'm losing focus. I don't want to say I'm losing drive because that isn't due to what I'm trying to do. That isn't that it has nothing to do with whether I'm editing someone's work or whether I'm beta reading or whether I'm looking at submissions for a magazine that I might put out. Losing the sense of disenchantment that has been settling over me for the last few months has more to do with the industry itself. And I I think I'm going to do an entire episode on that, but I have to do it in a way that I'm not sounding like I'm standing on a soapbox, so I'm not going to promise it anytime soon. When I start lamenting about the publishing industry, I do get a little preachy, <laughs> which I'm sure you probably guessed if you've listened to this if you've listened to this podcast for any number of episodes. I'm sure you've guessed that I can be a bit preachy. It's just me. I can't help it. But I'm going to try when I talk about the things in the publishing industry that have really started to put it, they've really dampened my enthusiasm for writing. And it has a lot to do with the fact that writers are being rejected by, by, publishers by, well, probably publishers, but writers are being rejected by agents because our social media presence isn't what they feel like it should be. And guys, I don't know if you've looked at my social media, but I have about 18, almost 1900 followers on Twitter and I have less than 400 on Instagram. I have less than 400 on Facebook. I don't focus on Facebook anymore, so that really doesn't matter much to me. But My social media presence, if that is knocking us out with agents, then, you know, I'm pretty much screwed. (laughs) So, but like I said, I'm not going to go into it this episode, but it's coming. (laughs) What I am going to talk about is what I'm shifting gears to do. And that is something that I have hesitated doing for a long time because quite frankly, I'm impatient. I cannot stand the amount of time it takes for writers to be informed whether or not they're going to be published in magazines or um, it really bugs me to wait the amount of time for a contest. But with a contest, you know, you expect it. It's a contest that runs from this point to this point. So I have hesitated with submitting things. But this year, I have decided that I, if I'm ever going to get anywhere, I have to just jump in, not think about the the fact that everybody else is jumping into and not think about the fact that it takes a particular literary magazine eight months to let you know if your story has been accepted for publication. So I'm making 2020 my year of submissions. Now I don't have a ton of short stories to submit because I've been so focused on my novel work, but I have managed in January, and I know this is going to seem paltry to some of you because there are writers who are submitting story after story after story, you know, I don't even know how many times a week, but for me, this is a big deal. 
so I wanted to share it with you. I have entered the snowbank, which is the story that I am in love with, and I don't say that very often about my stories, but I have been in love with this story since I wrote it. It was inspired by my love for Zora Neale Hurston and also my love of The Twilight Zone. So those those two things kind of came together and the snowbank was created and it's a story that I really love. I've spent a lot of time having it critiqued, having it beta read, and I typically don't do that with short stories because it's a short story, but this one holds a special place in my heart because I do love it so much. I have submitted it to the Virginia Woolf Prize, but I've also submitted it to a really big journal, and even though I paid 20 bucks for the submission fee, um, I'm not going to be too upset if I don't win the contest. And I don't really like contests because I never win. But uh, I won't be as devastated since I do have it out with the other lit magazine and there is another chance for it. But I've submitted that story twice. I wrote a flash fiction piece that I submitted to uh, the Bangalore Review. I also submitted the first few pages of my novel that's in progress to a prize that seems really exciting because I would get to go to, I would be invited to go to France. That would be super fun. That's one of my, I don't really have a bucket list, but there are about five places that I would really like to go while I'm on this earth, and France is one of those. I also submitted The Weight of the Words, which is a published piece already, but there are a few publications that do print previously published works. So I found two. I have submitted to one of them, and it is a UK publication. So I'm pretty excited about that, and I'm hoping that it won't be a rejection. And then yesterday, I submitted Raincoat, which which is, it's a shorter story. It's less than 2,000 words, which is rare for me. I submitted it to a journal here in North Carolina. So that may not seem like a lot of submissions for someone who submits a lot, who has a lot of short stories to submit. But for me, that's a ton because I was looking at my submittable yesterday and really it's half a page long for how many things I have submitted over the last five years. So to have six submissions in the last three weeks, for me, that's a huge, huge deal. So that's that's what I'm doing this year. I'm submitting to journals and I'm finishing this damn novel. I'm going to query it to agents and hopefully, hopefully I'll manage to snag one who can sell it. And it would be really great if there was a bidding war and, you know, I got like a seven figure deal like that woman who, uh, gosh, what is her name? I don't know, but she's publishing that really controversial book, American Dirt. She got a seven-figure deal after a major bidding war. I would not be upset if that happened. I would be thrilled without the controversy, though. Like, give me seven figures without the controversy. I'll be cool with that. 2020 is the year that I'm going to get this writing thing right. I don't know how much longer I'll have the, the time to focus all of my energies on this writing thing. So, this year will be all about the writing and all about the podcasting and a little bit about the workshops because I do still have several of those lined up that I'm super excited about and super nervous about <laughs> because I don't really I don't really feel super qualified to teach them but because I have been teaching workshops for about a year and a half in the writing group that I lead I think I'm okay with it I'm just a little nervous 
you never want to give bad information, you know, so that's, that's what that is. I'm also super nervous about the rejections because with increased submissions will come increased rejections and I don't handle them particularly well. I know there's this whole positivity thing with rejections. I see it on Twitter all the time. Oh, I just got another rejection. Yay! Or I'll just put this with the other ones or I'll hang it up on the nail in my office or whatever. That's not how I handle rejections at all. If I think maybe twice I didn't cry over rejections because they are devastating. And I don't care about this whole positivity movement. I think it's great that everybody is trying to take it on the chin, you know, and trying to see the positive in the negative. But for me, it's only negative because I got a freaking rejection. I don't want to be rejected. I want to be accepted. I want to be validated. I want other people to love my stories as much as I love my stories. And if they're rejecting them, then that makes me angry and sad and desperate. And maybe not desperate, but just it pushes me into the pit of despair. And I'm fairly certain that at least some of the people who are posting on Twitter how super excited they are that they got a rejection are crying. No, not crying. They're sobbing while they're tweeting about how ecstatic they are that they got a rejection. Guys, that's not me. When I start getting these rejections, I'm going to post how freaking defeated I feel because I got a rejection. Does that mean I'm not going to submit that story again? No, because as writers, what do we do? Personally, my tactic is that I wallow maybe for a couple of hours maybe for a couple of weeks. And then after that, I pick myself up off of the floor, I get back to my computer, and I submit the story again. That's just the way we have to do it. Some of us handle it by being super happy we get rejections. Some of us handle it by curling into the fetal position, crying about how worthless we are and how talentless we are, having our feelings, and then moving forward. So, I'm not going to promise that that won't come across in a few episodes. I can't be the positive poly that is really being encouraged. I think that we're allowed to have our feelings about things. And if I happen to tweet how absolutely devastated I am about a rejection that I received, I'm not really looking for you to make me feel better. I'm just looking to let the universe know that I'm really just feeling like shit because I got a rejection and nobody likes to be rejected. And I'm not saying that the people who are tweeting how happy they are that they got a rejection are are jazzed about being rejected. I think what they're conveying is that they're really happy with themselves, that they put themselves out there and that they took a step forward. And I think that's fantastic. But on the other hand, I really don't, and I'm not saying that these same people are doing this. I'm just saying that this is the, um, this is the climate, I guess is that we're not allowed to share our negative thoughts on social media because it might bring somebody else down. But if we're not sharing who we are on social media, that we do in fact become really, really sad and just are completely wrecked from getting rejections. How, how's, 
how are we helping new writers that are coming in and maybe they are submitting and they are getting rejections and they are curled into the fetal position and they think there's something wrong with them because they're not able to just take it on the team like these other people on Twitter are. I don't think it makes you more professional just because you can get on social media and say, yay, I got another rejection. I don't think it makes you cooler. I'm not saying that anybody's trying to be cooler. I'm just saying that it would be really nice if we would stop putting down writers who come onto social media to express how sad they are that they were rejected. And it's okay to say, keep going. You know, don't worry about it. This is what happens. But you should also understand that if you say, oh, so-and-so was rejected 49 times before they were accepted, that's not always going to be met with a, oh, I didn't think about that. Thank you. Because at the time that that person is tweeting, they are feeling all of the feeling. So even though you're trying to make them feel better, if they kind of lash out at you, don't think that they're a total jerk. I'm not going to lash out at you if I post, oh, I'm so sad because I got a rejection and you're like, oh, well, don't worry. J.K. Rowling was rejected this many times before she was published. I'm not going to be like, shut the F up, Sally. I don't care how many times J.K. Rowling was rejected. I'm not going to be like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Some people might. <laughs> so look forward to that, guys, if you follow me on social media. If you don't follow me on social media and you would like to, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Say B. Eller. I'll put that in the description for you because I am wrapping up this episode right now. If you did not understand that by this swanky way I, I uh, segued. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. You can also share me with your friends. I'll be super duper thankful if you do. I am also on Twitter. Well, the podcast is and you can find us at Writing Thing Pod. You can follow the podcast if you'd like. I'm not really posting that often at the moment. It's kind of one of those things. I have like four social media accounts I'm trying to keep up with, and I'm not very good at that, but I'm working on it. <laughs> have a super week. Happy writing, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.